0: Welcome to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On The Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is podcast number 58. Today, I want to speak to you about Solomon's Chariot Cities. There were three of them. They were all built on the same pattern, and they had a specific purpose. Although they were great cities, and all of them were different and had their own characteristics, they were all built on the same pattern. This is why when you go to Israel, many times you will only see one of those cities, and that is found at Tel Megiddo. But there were three cities in the north. You had Hazor, we would call that Hazor, H-A-Z-O-R. And then in the center of the country, you had Megiddo. And then to the south below Jerusalem, you would have had Gezer, G-E-Z-E-R. We would say that in the south, Gezer. The purpose of these particular cities was to guard the great trade routes that went north to south. And so in the north, you had Hazor. It guarded a very strategic valley that lay between Bashan, Habashan, what we call the Golan Heights today on the east, and the high mountains of Naphtali, the tribe of Naphtali on the west. And in between was the Hula Valley. This was the road that led to Damascus from the Galilee. It went right up the Jordan Valley. And in the pioneer days of Israel, you had a lake that was there called Lake Hula, H-U-L-A and since the swamp has been drained by the early pioneers, the early Zionists, and there is a smaller lake there today, but it runs right through the Jordan Valley in the uppermost part where all of the headwaters come together. Now, that valley was strategic in the days of King Solomon and the kings of Israel, and so on top of the mountain, as you begin to go into the valley, in the southernmost part of the Hula Valley, you have the city of Hatsor. That's the same Hatzor that was mentioned in the book of Joshua when Joshua was in his northern campaign and was conquering the land that was promised to the north of the country. And indeed, archaeologists have found ashes and a layer of ash showing that indeed what the Bible says about Joshua, that he burned it to the ground. At, uh, we have found ashes that date back to the day of Joshua, just as the Bible says. But then in the central valley, which separated the Samaritan mountains that lie to the south of the Jezreel Valley and the lower Galilee mountains that rise to the north. You have the great Jezreel Valley called by the Romans, the Valley of Esdralon in the book of revelation. It is called Har Megiddo. Har is the Hebrew word for mountain. Megiddo is the, um, city there that, uh, guards the plain. And so it's called Armageddon. and the rough breather is taken off Armageddon. It is, uh, said by Napoleon to be the greatest battlefield the world has ever known. Through that valley and through that Megiddo Pass that guarded that valley would have come the great generals of uh, the Assyrian Empire, Nebuchadnezzar, Cyrus the Persian, Alexander the Great, Pompey the Roman general, all of the Muslim conquerors, and uh, those that would come after. Like in more recent history, you would have had Napoleon, Allenby, As a matter of fact, when Allenby was knighted in his homeland of England, he chose the name Lord Allenby, Lord of Megiddo. And uh, you will see when you go there the vast digs that have been done, the archaeological digs. And then to the south of Jerusalem, guarding the Ayalon Valley, or Ajalon, as we would say it, where Joshua asked for the sun to stand still and the moon to not shine. It was there in that valley coming up from Egypt where Solomon built a gezer. Now, the Egyptian Pharaoh had burned it to the ground, and then he gave that to his daughter, who Married Solomon, and Solomon built that. And you can read about that in the book of 1 Kings, chapter 9. And let me just read a couple of verses to you. And this is the reason for the labor force which King Solomon raised to build the house of the Lord, his own house. The Milo, or Milo, as we would say it, the wall of Jerusalem, Hatsor Megiddo, and Gezer. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, had gone up and taken Gezer and burned it with fire, had killed the Canaanites who dwelt in the city, and had given it as a dowry to his daughter, Solomon's wife, and Solomon built Gazer. And so what all three of these things have in common is not just that they are all built on the same pattern, that is, they all have the same kind of walls, they all have the same kind of stables, they all have the same outline and pattern, uh, have the same kind of granaries in them, they all have uh, water tunnels. Many of you have walked through Ahab's water tunnel that he built about 850 years before the time of Jesus, and you can still see, see the chisel marks that marked where they brought the water in from the spring that was outside the city walls and they buried it through all the way in the city walls where the enemy would not be able to keep uh, them from having fresh water and so thereby they could uh, last longer in a siege and uh, many of you have walked down those uh, steps and walked out the other side and uh, walked through that tunnel it is fascinating well the same thing's true at uh, Hatsor. the same things true in uh, Gezer, and it's also true in Beersheba as well. When you go south with me one day, you can uh, see Beersheba and the beautiful city that's strategically located in the Negev and the capital of the Negev today. But the other thing that all of these had in common was the Via Maris. The Via Maris, that's Latin for the way of the sea, ran from Egypt all the way into the Mesopotamia Valley and up into what is modern-day Syria and Lebanon and over into Turkey, but the road came through the Gaza Strip, up from Israel, and what is the Suez Canal area, and uh, came up the coastal road, and it had a trunk road that went off uh, to what is uh, Jerusalem today, and up into the mountains, past the foothills, the Shfila, and there's where you find uh, Gezer. uh, But if you continued north, up the Via Maris, up the Sharon Valley, the Sharon Valley ends at the Carmel Mountain Range, and uh, uh, there are two or three passes that go through. One, you can cut through a valley called Dothan. We refer to that as Dothan in the Bible. That's where Joseph would have been sold by his brothers uh, to the Midianites because why? They had cut across the Jordan Valley, come through the eastern end of the um, Jezreel, had cut through a pass in the mountains into the Valley of Dothan, which then emptied out into the Via Maris as you went west and south. And so that was one way. It was not the Preferred route, but it was a way to go. And then to the uh, west was Yachnium, and we put a J on it, but it is uh, Yachnium. And many of you have stood with me on top of Mount Carmel at the horns of Carmel, the highest point, looked down on a tail from above, and uh, I pointed out to you Yachnium. That was the Yachnium Pass. That was the western pass that went through the mountains. And those who took that pass were almost certainly going to the west and up to what is Oxford. Uh, or Acre in the Bible, Ptolemy, the city of the Greeks, and up into Lebanon, uh, Tyre, and Sidon. And so they would go that route. But the main thoroughfare, the main cut-through was at Megiddo, and you went into this beautiful valley, and you came right out, and you saw that Washpot Mountain, like an old black washpot turned upside down, and uh, that is Mount Tabor, which I've spoken about in a previous podcast. But if you continue up that, and you take a right past that mountain, You'll go by the Sea of Galilee where there was a freshwater source, of course, the lowest lake on earth, almost 700 feet below sea level. And uh, you would go up that Jordan Valley and you would begin to climb from the lower uh, rounded hills of the lower Galilee up into the Gaul, up into the waves, the high mountains of the tribe of Naphtali. And you would uh, come to Hatzor. Hatsor from Hatsor you can see Mount Hermon shining right in front of you, even though it's miles to You get there, it is absolutely spectacular. And on a clear day, I've stood at Hazor and looked into Lebanon and the Anti-Lebanon Mountains in the distance. But you can see Mount Hermon over 9,000 feet right in front of you. And from the early rains until the end of the latter rains and uh, thereafter into the springtime season of Aviv spring, the freshness, you can see that snow-capped mountain, Mount Hermon, from which the Jordan Valley is part of that as you make your way north, and that valley that's guarded there is that part of the Via Maris called the Hula Valley, and so these are the three chariot cities. Oh, how I want you to go and walk with me, and let's look at those together. For those of you who are going on the alumni trip, if you've not signed up already, you need to do that. We'll be leaving in April. That's one of the most spectacular, most beautiful time of the year, and uh, Pastor Chris Stevens is going to be taking the first-timer group, and I'm going to be taking a group of a alumni there's about nine seats left i think as of today and um, we are going to go to places where most people do not ever go and uh, while we're up in the north one of the places we're going to spend a little time is the chariot city that guarded the hula valley hot and so i hope you can go with us as we walk on the way this is tony crisp thanks for listening to on the way with tony crisp